Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 175. It is me, your host, Evan, here with the infamous Gabe Montalvo and the host of the PAS Report, Professor Nick Giordano. Professors, thank you so much for coming on the show today. What's up, guys? How you doing? Stressed. We're good. Gabe got oh, his done last week, so he should still be doing all right. Oh, shut up. Stressed? Is there anything going on that I should know about? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, the capital uh, apparently was under siege. Uh, and uh, now people are getting kicked off of uh, Twitter for having an opinion. All right. Before we get into all that, before we get into all that, guys, just a reminder to go visit our website, EmpireStateConcernNetwork.com, for links to all of our articles, shows, audio links, store, everything is on that website, all the proceeds of which go back into spreading the word to help fight leftist tyranny in New York. And if you are so inclined, you can use code fraud to get 20% off your next order. So, Professor, a lot going on, um, just absolute insanity. So one of the big things that everyone complains about and we've been complaining about is social media censorship. And the answer from the left is stop crying. If you want to make it, just make your own, you know, make your own social media. You don't like Twitter, make your own Twitter. So someone did make their own Twitter. It's called Parler. And yesterday, Parler was shut down by the other tech giants. So now there's no more. Just go make your own, right? You can't make your own because they have a monopoly on social media right now. Professor Giordano, what do you make make of all this? They, they banned the president from all social media. He got banned from Pinterest. Pinterest. Like, really, what's the what's he going to go do? Plan a wedding? Like, I don't get what's going on with this. I understand what they're trying to do. They're essentially trying to erase the president from the Internet. But what do you see that's going on? Where, is this, where do you think we're headed with all of this? Well, first of all, they're a bunch of morons because they think that if they could just make the president disappear, that 75 million people will just suddenly disappear. Like, they won't sit there and be mad anymore and... They're just going to be quiet and go back to their lives. So the logic doesn't really work. But in a way, I'm actually, how do I put it? I'm glad they did this because they re revealed their true intentions. They revealed their true motives. They revealed the power that I've been warning about for years upon years. First of all, I always said social media is a friggin' disaster. And I never joined social media until I started the podcast. And obviously I had to to promote the podcast. So it's like a double-edged sword that I'm criticizing it right now. But I think social media, I said that it was going to be the end of us. And I think that I'm pretty good track record on that. Not so much on picking presidential elections, but as far as calling social media the death of us, I think I'm on my way there. It's absolutely ridiculous what we saw. So first of all, you have a sitting president of the United States. Now, I don't care if you really like what he has to say or don't like what he has to say. I, I understand that there's some people that despise him for his personality. There's other people that love him for his personality, but he's still the sitting president of the United States. And to take him down as he's the sitting president is disturbing. But that's also basically a message that they're sending to anyone else. Look at what we could do. We could silence the sitting president of the United States, which means we could basically silence anyone. And it's a little disturbing when you have the left uh, in the United States basically cheering this on as if it's a good thing. And nobody's sitting there like wondering, like, how bad has it gotten that we have to have the German Chancellor Angela Merkel or President uh, Macron of France or the Mexican president sitting there and actually defending the president and saying social media shouldn't have done that? That that's pretty scary. It used to be the one we used to be the ones that lectured to everyone about freedom of speech, uh, about free societies and the ideas of liberty and how these are God-given rights and government shouldn't be able to take away these rights. Now we have other countries lecturing our companies that. So it's really dangerous. And when I see that happened with Paula goes a step further because I was listening to the CEO of Paula speak and he said that basically it wasn't just Amazon and Google and Apple. It was literally every vendor they had canceled the contracts at nearly identical times, including their own law firm, which they should announce what law firm they're using so that nobody goes to that law firm anymore. To me, that's absolutely repulsive, and it shows the collusion that's involved. I think that the social tech giants and the tech giants in general made a big mistake by doing this because right now they're embroiled in an antitrust suit all throughout Europe, and 
<laughs> the Europeans are going to be like, oh, wow, you're giving the evidence for us. That's great. And I think that you're going to start to see ma major antitrust lawsuits, not just from Paula suing Amazon, but I think that there's going to be more companies stepping forward saying that they crossed the line and they've been hurt in the past. They just didn't have a voice to uh, say what these tech giants were doing to them. No, I mean, the professor is 100% correct. And I understand that when people say, oh, well, they're private businesses. Well, right, they are private businesses. But when these tech giants have a huge percentage of the market share and can literally dictate what they want and what they don't want when, it's con when the message is convenient for them, that is... Uh, hypocritical you can't be pro free speech one day and then you then you remove people for saying the exact same thing just at a different time that you might not agree with it doesn't make sense and it's not right i mean removing parlor uh from their web hosting services is uh, i think a step too far and we have to make the distinction is youtube twitter uh facebook are these publishers or platforms platforms give the ability for people to speak publishers are able to filter what is said and what isn't and people get special privileges on the basis of this or not. And Twitter has, and these social media conglomerates have actually been acting more so as publishers than as platforms, and they're getting special interests. Now you can argue, well, free market. Free market can only go so far when it's actually stopping people from being able to express themselves. But and they when eliminated there's no other the free market, Gabe. They literally, literally tried to introduce something into the free market, and they were like, nope. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not unfettered capitalism that we have. I mean, it, these are monopolies, and that's clear. And I just want to read a tweet that Twitter put out on its public policy page. Uh, and this was about five hours ago, maybe six hours ago. Ahead of the Ugandan election, where hearing reports the, that Internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps, we strongly condemn Internet shutdowns. They are hugely harmful, violate basic human rights and the principles of the open Internet. Access to information and freedom of expression, including the public conversation on Twitter, is never more important than during democratic processes, particularly elections. That's Twitter in their own words. That is so ridiculous. Remember, we were literally kicked off of Instagram for just speaking against Joe Biden. No violence, no cursing, no nothing. All I did was call Joe Biden a straw man who was a puppet for the Democrat Party, whoever's standing behind him, and kicked off Instagram for four days. That's it. These social media tech giants are the, they're the biggest hypocrites, but we see it all the time with the left. The whole movement is hypocritical. They claim to be so tolerant unless your ideas go against what they want. And that's exactly what we've been seeing on social media. And now they're taking it to the next step. But in a way, it's it's bigger than just the left because Facebook announced that it's going to take down every single post that has Stop the Steal mentioned in it. Now, it's their platform, they could do that, but it's much bigger than what people think because by them taking down these posts, it's saying that you can't have an opinion. We, you know, as a society, where have we come? I mean, we have the First Amendment right to freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and that allows freedom of thought. So I can't even express opinion. Whether it's validated or not, it shouldn't matter. If I'm not spewing hate and vitriol, if I think an election was stolen, I should be able to say that freely on the internet, on social media, because I recall seeing many, many posts over the last four years that talked about stolen elections and integrity of elections and, and collusion, and those were never removed. So now we're going to take off Stop to Steal simply because it's going against Joe Biden, who obviously they support because they've given him hundreds of i think it was the numbers were ridiculous it was several million dollars for joe biden if we take all the tech companies joe biden received something like 15 million dollars the republicans received about five hundred thousand. <laughs> i mean it was an insane but that's the problem that we see today and it's scary when you have this unholy alliance that exists you have the big tech companies that control everything you see in here you have the media outlets, you have Hollywood, you have the Democrat Party, that they all work together. And then you factor in the big corporations that are now getting involved in all these social issues and determining who they want to do business with and who they don't. And if you supported Trump, well, now you can't stay at a Marriott. And it's utter insanity what we're seeing. It's basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to 
label any single person that's a conservative, they're trying to brand them with a scarlet letter. Yeah, I mean, it's like what they're doing in China with their uh, social uh, points. If you don't fit the certain criteria of the Chinese uh, Communist Party, uh, you won't be able to rent a house. You can't send your kids to school, get gas, um, go to a hotel. You will literally be locked in there. And whoever associates with you, and if you're found out associating with them, they'll lower your score too. So you're just being ostracized and shunned. And if anyone's seen that, um, was it Dark Mirror, Black Mirror? Uh, episode. It's the same exact thing that's happening. It's becoming a reality. And everything that's happened since uh, January 6th with the Capitol um, building incident, uh, we've seen that people are now being made to apologize for being Republicans, apologize for being Trump supporters, bend the knee to everybody else and ask for forgiveness. Because if not, you're going to get kicked out from your job. You're not going to be able to get, be hired anywhere else. You're going to be shunned by society. And eventually, something like that may happen because Americans actually favor that program that China is implementing. And it's only because they want their own sort of control until it eventually will backfire on them. And, and guess who helped build out that social credit system that China has? I mean, that was American tech companies that helped build that out. And it is something that is extraordinarily disturbing. And, and that's what is so mind boggling. Now, I'm not talking about, I know why Democrats do it, right? They're doing it for power. It, it's simple. It makes sense. But ordinary Americans, even if, no matter what side of the political spectrum you fall on, you should be extraordinarily concerned about this because guess what? They may sound, you know, you may get thrown off this platform. I may get my podcast thrown off Apple. Who the hell knows? But one of these days, it's going, the pendulum is going to swing and they're going to turn against the left and they're going to silence the left. And then the left's going to be screaming mad and we're going to say, well, we know what it's like, but you know what? You didn't help us out. So we're not going to help you out. And that's the thing. Every American should be concerned about this because if they could do this to one segment of society, they could do it to all segments of society. Right. And they, they look at it like, oh, we're in charge. It's in our favor. We're not going to worry about this. But it's because they're OK with what I've been calling selective tyranny. They're fine with shutting people down. They're fine with taking things away from people they don't like as long as it goes against their enemies, as long as everything is in their favor. They're fine with it. They didn't care that Maxine Waters was call was calling for harassment of, of what was it, White House cabinet members. They didn't care when you know all these people were burning down cities because it was for their cause. And the well, Nancy Pelosi the called way, Republicans evil. She said the Republicans were the enemies of the people. They were domestic enemies. Nancy Pelosi, the second most powerful person in the United States. So yet we criticize President Trump when he says anything. And yet Nancy Pelosi gets a free pass. So we know that the hypocrisy and double standards, what's going to be interesting to watch is how does Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, how does someone like that, how does uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, how are they going to handle this? Because obviously Congresswoman AOC is not a big fan of Amazon and Amazon's not a big fan of hers. And so are we going to start to see a fracturing when President Trump's out of the picture well, are we going to start to see the guns turn on each other? And I'm not talking about real guns for the lefties out there and talking about <laughs> violence or anything like that. Okay, but are we going to see them turn against each other and start fighting amongst each other? And that's going to be really interesting to watch to see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, 100%. But when when will it end? I mean, I, I think now as a result of and as a backlash of everything that's happened, uh, Amazon's not letting you sell certain shirts anymore uh they're taking away people's shopify capabilities of making their own little small business like you guess you can say entrepreneurial spirit uh if they are pro-trump or pro-republican and it, i i don't know when it's going to stop until they want to cleanse the republican party that's what some people are saying that it needs to be cleansed uh others are saying that it needs to be abolished altogether I mean, people are talking about how horrible the two-party system is, and now it seems like we're going to be under one-party rule. And I personally think that on the earlier years of the Trump presidency, when he had the majority in the Senate and you know he had a lot of support, uh, I think that he should have tackled this a lot harder so that it would not get to this point. I mean, he was defeated on his own platform. I, I say Twitter is his biggest platform, and that's where everyone went to refer to him. It was a 24-hour news cycle on what he tweeted. So to see him, the president of the United States, get beaten at his own, I wouldn't want to say game, but his, his own platform is kind of uh, uh, disturbing. Well, Twitter may have won that battle, but they're going to lose the war. The biggest draw to Twitter was President Trump. 
And if you look at the numbers, the numbers have dropped dramatically. Twitter has lost billions of dollars since. I think Facebook yesterday lost $35 billion in one day. And that's when it's going to make a difference. I'm doing an episode on this next week. And one of the things I'm going to call for is for people to begin to divest. Sell your stock in these companies. Get rid of it. Because that's how you break it. You know, conservatives, with the exception of last Wednesday, which was horrible, Okay, that was a, a disaster, and we can't justify it in any way. That hurt the conservative movement, set us back uh, dramatically. And, you know, there's some people out there trying to defend. No, there's no excuses. You got to be consistent. I was consistent over the summer. I'm consistent now. So people say, well, then what can we do? How can we fight back? Are we just going to sit there and take the no accountability for four years of Russian collusion, Hillary Clinton getting away with the email thing, the election and the questions regarding the election? When's enough enough? And I'm saying, well, this is one of the ways that you fight back. Make these companies hurt financially. You hurt them financially. The board of directors will get rid of the CEOs of those companies. Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg could be thrown off if they're hurting financially, because let's face it, at the end of the day, money is what talks. And so I think that's one way to take on these tech titans is through the money. And if you're a Republican out there, and I'm talking about Republican elected officials, not that you have that much courage because most of them don't, but if you're a Republican elected official and you think these corporations are your friend and you're gonna sit there and fight for the corporate interests over the people that you swore to serve, you got another thing coming because you will be primaried and you will be thrown out of office. It used to be that the Republican Party was the party that helped big business. Big business, and I'm not just talking about the tech giants now, I'm talking about all big business. They have firmly said, we are going to support Democrats. That's who we are going to support. We're in the Democrat corner. It's, there's been a major shift in the political parties where big business has now totally backed the Democrats and is looking to harm the Republicans. So any Republican that tries to help any of these big companies by offering tax breaks or anything like that, knock that out, get that out of there, don't even bring up that. You want to do something, offer tax breaks to small businesses, the mid-level corporations, not these giant conglomerates that are trying to destroy people's lives. Hmm. I mean, at this point, it's not even capitalism, it's corporatism. There's too much vested interest from uh, government elected officials uh, at, with these businesses and vice versa and it, that's why they have the abilities that they do now that's where they're getting away with so much that they have now because if there were i'd say if there was no personal vested interest then this would have stopped i'd say a, a pretty decent while ago at least from the republican side i'm not sure uh, what goes through a typical democrat's head uh you know on a daily basis aside from impeachment but you know i could be wrong well, part of the problem is, and nobody looks at this, but we had the omnibus spending package a few weeks ago that was, you know, trillions of dollars in disasters. Nobody looks at the connections, the subcontractors. It would be nice if we had investigative journalists that actually did this, that, you know, the ones from the big networks that actually have the staff. I can't do it myself. But if you look at all the freebie, all the money that government's doling out, and then the companies that they contract, you got to look at the subcontractors. You know, everyone always talks about, well, how do members of Congress get rich off of congressional salaries? It's not enough to get become millionaire status. Look at the LLCs that are being subcontracted. And I could guarantee you, you'll find connections to the families of those sitting in office to the big contractors that are getting government contracts. And that's the way it works. And they enrich themselves. And yeah, they're in the bed. They're all one and the same. And Republicans, they've lived off that gravy train for a long time. Now Democrats are living off that gravy train. And then there's us. We don't get the gravy train. No, and the people are always going to be the ones that suffer. And we see this with what the Democrats are already trying to push through. Um, there are some theories that big tech is pushing hard to censor the president to get in good with the Democrats so they don't go after them for violating Section 230. But we also see that the House is already preparing a massive gun control bill. And New York State now is putting up a, a body armor ban. It's just, it's not going to get any better for us if we just sit back. We have to be, we, we need to be in the ear of our elected officials. We need to be out there and we need to get in with the people. The people need to understand what's going on. But again, we have the problem 
that we have one side of the country that doesn't care because they think that they're winning. But at the end of the day, when you're censoring free speech, when you're taking away people's ability to defend themselves, we will all lose. Professor, how do we reach out to people and kind of on a bigger scale? Because at the end of the day, individually, we can only do so much. We need to reach out on a bigger scale. We have to find a way to get into these, basically into the cities. You have to be able to get into the cities and start changing minds. Well, I'm not going to sit there and sugarcoat anything. You know, unfortunately, we live in the day and age where people just want to hear what you have to say, but they want you to tell them what to believe. They 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 want to validate their opinions. And that's part of the problem. You can't always have someone telling you what you want to hear. Sometimes you need to hear the truth. And that's what we've seen over the last two months. You know, people saying, oh, well, there's all this election fraud and all of it's going to come out. We have the evidence. We're going to show it in court. We're not going to release it to you yet. We'll show it in court. Then the courts throw out the cases. Where's the evidence? Why didn't you just release it at that point? So people just, they, they want to be told things. It's going to be difficult. The, you know, the conservatives, I don't think people realize how bad Wednesday was for conservatives. And it's an uphill battle. Now, there are a lot of good signs, at least in a place like New York. President Trump received about 45% of the vote in New York State. The last president to get over 39% was Ronald Reagan. We saw Republicans win a number of seats. We saw the Republicans keep the seats that they had. So there are signs that people are growing fed up in New York and that it is a state of play. But Republicans have to actually do something. Now, I unfortunately have very little faith in the leadership of the Republicans, not just in New York State, but throughout the country. And so it has to go to the local levels. It has to go to the local Republican groups because they're the ones that are going to turn things around and they need to go into these communities that the broader Republican Party has long ignored, where they felt uncomfortable going to these communities. They wrote those communities off to the Democrats. <clears throat> People constantly tell me, well, you know, what about the, the fraud? What about all the fraud at the polls and everything? OK, well, let's look at the poll workers. Why is it that 80 percent of Democrats are the poll workers? Why aren't more Republicans poll workers, even in these urban areas? It's not that difficult to become a poll worker. They need people for the day. You fill out a form, you, you join, and they, they take you on. So we need to start getting involved in the local board of elections. We need to start getting involved in the local board of education, see what they're teaching our kids. Granted, it takes time, but we could do it. We need to go into the communities. President Trump opened the door. He showed the roadmap of how to reach out to communities that the Republicans have ignored and Democrats have alienated because they made them promise after promise and 60 years later, nothing's changed in their lives. So now it's our turn. And we need to start primarying Republicans as well. Republicans that are not serving their oath, they're not serving the people, primary those. But you got to run good candidates against them. You can't do like you did in you know, 2012, you had uh, the Christine O'Donnell down in Maryland. She was a terrible candidate. Nice person, she seemed, but just a bad candidate. And the whole witch thing didn't really help. You had the person that was going against Harry Reid in Nevada. I think it was Sharon Engel, if I remember correctly. She was a terrible candidate. Once again, may have been a nice person, but she was a bad candidate. We have to vet people and get good, normal, ordinary Americans to run for office. And guess what? They may lose the first time around but at least they start getting their name out there. And so the second time around, at least they have a better chance of winning. It's not going to be easy. The only thing that will work in our favor is the Democrats are going to overreach. I have absolutely zero doubt about that. And we are already seeing that. But I think Democrats are going to go too far. Democrats did not win a mandate in this election. They lost 16, 17 House seats. I, it, was a deep, it was a huge amount. The Senate, relatively close. It's 50-50. Kamala Harris will be the tie-breaking vote, Vice President Harris. But it's not like they got a mandate to take these far-left extreme policies and run with them. But that's what they're going to try and do. And I think that you have people like President-elect Joe Biden or whatever's left of him, because let's face it, it's his handlers that are mostly in charge. Their natural inclination is going to try and, and be somewhat 
try and move away from that far left. They don't want to get to the extreme like AOC, but they're not really going to have a choice because already Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, she's already trying to pull the Biden administration. And then you have other Democrats like Senator Joe Manchin that's saying, no, I'm not going far to the left. I mean, don't forget, he's up for re-election soon. He's in West Virginia, heavily gun state. I think every single person owns at least one firearm in West Virginia. It might be as many as three firearms. Who the hell knows? Um, th this is a state where Joe Manchin is going to remain a moderate. Is he going to be the moderate? I hope he is. The blue dog, I hope he is. I hope so, because it really comes down to him in the United States Senate from now on. He's going to have an extraordinary amount of power, and I'd rather him have the extraordinary amount of power than a far left Democrat having the extraordinary power. Yeah. And this is what I've been telling people kind of, because a lot of people I know, they come to me, they kind of freak out. They're like, Oh my God, the country's going completely down. And I go, listen, it's not good, but it's not the end of the world because you do have Democrats in these States where you have high rates of gun ownership and they want to remain in power. They want to remain in those seats. Just like we saw in Virginia, Virginia had the biggest two way rally was a year and a half ago. Now they yeah. Great rally that anyone's ever seen, and it's a blue state. It's a their legislature is almost completely blue, but they are gun owners. So that there is kind of that we as much as I hate it, like you just said, we're kind of rooting for a Democrat here, but we need him to kind of just be that. It's being that moderate. It's not. It's not kowtowing to the far left. It's not kowtowing to these gun grabbers and all this stuff that's going to kind of push put us into this possible really downhill spiral which we might not be able to come out of. Well, and if you look back at the 2018 election, a lot of the far left candidates actually lost. Sure, AOC won, Elon Omar won, but a lot of the far left candidates actually ended up losing. It was mostly the moderates that, and so-called moderates, some of them, but <laughs> that actually won. And that's what tells me that America is still a center country, center right country, because it was the moderates that campaigned on working with the other side and putting sensible policies in place. Those are the ones that won. Now, Warnock, Senator-elect Warnock and Senator-elect Ossoff, they're two anomalies because they are far to the left. And I don't care what anyone's saying. Georgia's not a blue state. It hasn't turned blue. It's a Republican legislature there, Republican governor. Um, it, it's not a, a red state. So they're far to the left. They're anomalies in this whole thing. The left wing, Hollywood, they all threw in the money there, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars being spent there to get them elected. But that's where I think that some of the crazies are going to come out. You can have the far left people like that putting out some insane policies and then Republicans. You can't blame Republicans anymore. It's like New York State. You are forbidden to blame any Republican for the conditions in New York State. Republicans have zero power. And so everything is the fault in, of Democrats in the city, Democrats in the state legislature, Democrats in the, Democrat in the governor's office or the emperor's office, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but you can't blame Republicans. Same thing's going to hold true on the federal level. You're not going to be able to point to Republicans and say, well, they're obstructionists because Democrats have the power. Now, Democrats will argue, well, we need 60 votes and it's very tight margins, but that doesn't fly. Republicans lost in 2018. They controlled the House, the Senate, and the presidency, but they lost the House because Republicans didn't fulfill promises they made, and that's why they lost the House, because they were in charge. The American people don't pay attention to what bill gets 60 votes and what bill gets 50 votes in the United States Senate. So now that Democrats are in charge, let them run with it. The thing that concerns me the most, though, is the over-the-top rhetoric we're hearing from Democrats as it pertains not just to President Trump, but President Trump's supporters. So they're trying to humiliate President Trump. They're trying to marginalize his supporters. And you can only label people so much. President Joe Biden, when he came out to give this speech about what took place last Wednesday, it was like just pouring gasoline on a fire and then throwing some firecrackers in it to make it even worse. Hmm. That was the most disappointed I've been in Joe Biden the entire election campaign and up until this moment because he had a real opportunity. Okay. I remember over the summer, you know, not a president for blue America, not a president for red America, a president for all Americans. And then he comes out and the two parts immediately took it to race. 
And race is always a touchy issue when it comes to this country. Always has been, always will be. And why even bring race into it when race had nothing to do with it? But the second thing you did really bothered me because you had hundreds of thousands of people there that had no intention of violence. They weren't violent. They were saying prayers. They were singing American songs, patriotic songs and everything. But Joe Biden lumped them all in together. Rather than say that what those people that did at the Capitol building are criminals, they're rioters, they're anarchists, they're going to be prosecuted. That's fine. I'm all good with that. They should be. But he should have at least acknowledged and differentiated between the peaceful people that were there and say, hey, listen, even if he believes it or not, it doesn't matter. We, they have grievances and we have to hear them and we have to listen to them. Doesn't mean we can do anything about it. But if he would have just been open and said, we understand that you don't like the results of this election. I hear you just to acknowledge that that would have been a step in the right direction. But instead, everyone's lost their freaking collective minds. They haven't lost their minds. They know exactly what they're doing. They're using the words insurrectionist, domestic terrorist. They're doing it on purpose because they want any form of dissent. We're now redefining what dissent is and their definition of dissent. Well, we're going to label you domestic enemy then, domestic terrorist then. Why? Because who the hell wants to get labeled as a domestic terrorist? Is that going to look good when you go to get a job and, you know, you do an online search and something says a domestic terrorist that you are? That's not really going to help you. And it's the labels that really concerned me because what's going to happen and what I think is happening, I have a background in Homeland Security. We're creating the next Timothy McVeigh right now because of all the over-the-top rhetoric, because of all the we don't care about your grievances, those of grievances, they're illegitimate. Your complaints about accountability and the Russian collusion scam, that's illegitimate. You're not allowed to ask questions. Don't bring it up. Your complaints about leaking people's names and nobody getting prosecuted for that. That's not legitimate. Your complaints about Clinton and the email server, your complaints about the election and the press not covering uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden scandal and big tech covering it up, those aren't legitimate. You keep on shoving this crap down people's throats, someone's going to snap and you have some really isolated people out there that will gravitate towards the more extreme ends of the internet Mm-hmm. And they're going to get some stupid ideas. And it's going to be a hell of a lot worse if we continue this rhetoric that we see coming out of the left wing of the party. And we right. continue to censorship and we continue, you know, to not only destroy President Trump, but humiliate President Trump. Because that's what they're doing. Right. They want to humiliate him on his way out. They're trying to actively deperson. I don't even know if that's a, a proper word or phrase, but that's what it is. Right. Dehumanize. Make him less than. And by, by and large, if they're able to do that to the president, they know that they're able to move on to his supporters, to Trump supporters, and to Republicans as a whole. And these are people who felt like they didn't have a voice before, uh, prior to 2016. They didn't feel like anyone was listening to them. They were called flyover states, and they were, and that's just an, uh, sadly an accepted reality by the majority of the country, especially by those who live on the East and West Coast. And then they finally had a voice, and now you're saying that you're taking away that voice. They're worse than deplorables now because now you're saying that they're insurrectionists, they're against the, they're against the, the country, even though the majority of the flags and the things that you saw, saw at the Capitol uh, incident were all uh, pro-America, uh, revolutionary war type of uh, apparel. And for people that are trying to overthrow the country, they're sure waving the American flag a hell of a lot more than I would think. and. It's really sad because you're going to push people. You're going to push people. You're like, all right, you want to see, you, you think this is bad. Wait till do you see what I can actually do. And I don't condone this. I don't think anyone here condones this. Any rational person thinking this. But there are those people who are tired and are down on their luck. And we're really hoping for something to come out of this and really do feel as though this was stolen to them and are being treated horribly by the left who controls so much at this point in time. It, not even of what we've seen on the, the you know, large big Texas, but on the local level too that God forbid that something horrible happens, something worse happens, just to say that we can stand up and fight back too. And I got to say, I really don't want it to happen. And I, I feel like, I got to say this, people like Linwood, people like from the QAnon um, you know, faction, uh, really were saying, trust the plan, trust the plan. They were stirring the pot, That's stirring the, the pot, stirring the pot. And like, all right, what is it? What is it? Like, don't worry, it's coming. It's like, and you have people on the edge of their seats. There's people still saying it. 
Trust the plan. But it's a culmination of everything. This is this mm -hmm. is, goes all the way back to the lockdown, right? Lockdown is 14 days to stop the spread, right? Then it was, no, you have to stay locked down. It was keep all small businesses shut. Oh, but Target's open. But no, you can't open. But then, and then it was riots, right? They're burning down cities. They're they're ruining everyone. The, even the business that are shut down, now you can't come back because your business is burned down. And then the election happens. Everyone's made to believe, listen, the regardless of what shady stuff was going on, there's nothing being presented that's going to overturn anything. There's not. QAnon has been garbage from day one. I know we just lost like a bunch of people off of all social media. But QAnon, there's never been any proof that QAnon is real in any capacity at all. There's none. Okay? There is no plan. There is no nothing. This is the way that it is. They had their chances to go through court. Nothing happened, just like Professor Giordano said. But then you keep telling people, that it's okay that the left burns down cities, right? It's okay that the left is going around murdering police officers. It's okay that the left cries and complains for three years. And then when it switches, people are pissed off. And when you're when you've stoked that fire, like you said, Giordano, you are we are definitely creating the next homegrown terrorist because you're gonna have some dude who's stuck in his basement for the last year who's pissed off and just goes, you know what? I'm not taking it anymore. And it's going to be a tragedy, and I don't want to see that. Yeah, and you just brought up something really important that uh, isn't getting enough attention, and that's the lockdowns with the coronavirus, because it's had a tremendous impact on our overall mental health, and we, we see that, especially when you have the authoritarian uh, little Mussolini wannabes out there that put in the decrees, and then they don't even follow their own edicts. When you have government dictating who's essential, who's not essential, destroying lives and livelihoods, you know, obviously none of us can answer this question here, but what would it have looked like had coronavirus never happened? Would we have seen the riots and protests uh, over the George Floyd incident? Yeah, probably for maybe a couple of days, but it wouldn't have been months on end. Would you have seen so many people upset about an election? Well, then President Trump would have probably won. But they it even polarized that though too, because the anti-lockdown protesters were called pieces of garbage. Illegitimate. And then, but if you're, you know, if you're protesting a criminal being killed by police, then you're a hero. Well, that's the amazing part. And that's why I say it's really dangerous that we're heading in. And it's the amazing part is it, it's so easy to actually diffuse the situation. Not a single person I know on the left has ever asked, why do you support President Trump? Not a single one has asked me that question. They'll call me names, they'll complain, they'll complain to other professors, they think I don't know, but I know, it all comes back to me, I know. But nobody asked the question, well, why do the 75 million Americans, why do they support the president? Because maybe if they asked those questions and got the answer, maybe it would open their eyes to how many feel that the system has passed them by, how many feel that the system's not working, that they're being ignored. and. and you know, even down to the election, like if I was advising Joe Biden, which obviously he doesn't take my advice and he wouldn't. But if I was advising Joe Biden, he'd be in a much better position today because what I would have made him come out and do next last Wednesday was say I would make him come out and say, slam the terrorists that did that to the Capitol building, the rioters, the anarchists and everything. But I would also make him say, recognize those hundreds of thousands of people and talk about putting a bipartisan commission together to study the election and to answer questions about what may have went right, what may have went wrong and recommendations on to fix it. Now, once again, and this is the politics aspect of it, you don't have to really believe what you're actually saying. We know plenty of politicians to do that. So he never really had to set up this commission, but had he come out and said that, how many people would have been happy with that and accepted it and just went home? If Democrats two weeks ago announced that, you know, we understand that there's so many 75 million Americans that supported this president, obviously more supported him because not everyone goes out and votes. And we understand that there's questions about the election. So just so, you know, we could fix whatever defects are, uh, matter going forward, we're going to put together a bipartisan commission. Wednesday wouldn't have taken place had they done that. So they see it. They could avoid it, but they don't want to. And that's the concern. And the reason they don't want to is because they don't know the people. They're not relatable to the people. They're out of touch with ordinary Americans that are out there. 
and so is the media because you clearly see that unfortunately there's also a large number of them that actually despise the ordinary americans they despise the american people and that was no better illustrated than anderson cooper with his smart ass comment about the olive garden and about you know the holiday inn expresses first of all holiday inn expresses i've stayed at they're actually good as an italian i never ate at the olive garden i'm gonna open it <laughs> maybe exactly I'm in long island it could be great food but it's like i don't go to pizza hut i can't go to the olive garden but it, it could be great food but that's what they think of the american people they mock things like the olive garden. i've never mocked anyone for going into an olive garden i mean i'll go to ta i love taco bell i think it's friggin phenomenal it's not real Mexican authentic food, but it's good, you know, but they mock him for it. They mock us for that because we don't have the cranberry, walnut, arugula salads. And, we, you know, we don't attend the wine and cheese parties and we're not invited to the wine and cheese parties. They don't like the people that they're supposed to represent. How can you do your job if you don't like the people you're supposed to represent? And as far as the media goes, how can you do your job if you're so clueless to the plight of ordinary Americans that you're so out of touch, so unrelatable? It's truly bizarre times that we're living in. They're well, just, they're so full of themselves. They think that they are God's gift to the earth. And you see it every single time that one of these elected representatives calls themselves a leader or a boss or that they're in charge of something. They're not in charge of anything. They are and these are some of the representatives. Let's be honest. These are some of the dumbest people you'll ever meet. And I don't care Republican or Democrat, and I have no qualms about saying that. A lot of elected officials in office are just plain dumb. And Washington and, knows it, too, because I've had people who say who know people that work in Washington. They go, Pelosi allegedly. Okay, I'm going to say this allegedly. Pelosi is early onset dementia. She's been a joke for years. Chuck Schumer, they're saying the people say are one of the, is one of the dumbest people that they've ever met. The fact that this dude is constantly reelected, they laugh at New York. They're like, this is your representative. It's a joke. They laugh. Yeah. At us. He's your new majority leader. How do you like them apples? Oh God, you see them yelling at him in the street? Listen, that was amazing. His, absolutely amazing. She's no supporter. She's just she was like an independent. She's like, I didn't think the Trumpers had it in them. She just went off on him. Well, because he he's not the most effective leader. He he's ridiculous. And, and once again, he's in his ivory tower. He's so out of touch. But you said a key thing over there that. They look at themselves as leaders. And, and I've been, and this really hit me over the course of, of since last March with the coronavirus, that they really think that they're rulers. Mm. They don't think they're elected officials. They think that they're there to rule over us. Mm. And they need to reread American history and the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Their sole existence is to serve us while they're in office. But that's why we need term limits too. We got to figure out a way to get that done. Right. I mean, the last, well, because we're coming up on time here, I just, my question is, when does, wh when does it start and when does it stop? When do we stop fighting for what we believe to be correct and when do we start, when does it elevate and when, who decides when it should escalate? And I'm not saying that people should, uh, sh no one should be harmed, but I'm just saying, I think if people did not enter the Capitol, if they didn't kill a police officer, if they didn't harm other uh, police officers and yell hang Mike Pence, which is so stupid. I swear that became a chant. But if it became, if it was just people waving their flags and having a good time, which from what I knew of was the majority of it, would they even listen then? Or was that a, a almost, was that a wake up call for some people? And I don't think it is. I think it's just now the narrative is it's insurrection and it's a coup. But when when will our founding fathers say that it was correct and when is and i know the times are completely different 100 percent from then and and now but it's just something that i've been pondering no i know what you're saying you, you want to dance around the whole idea of when is the right time to have an actual armed revolution and throw out government so <laughs> i knew that's what gabe was trying to say <laughs> that, yes he, he was trying to dance around well, it well who has the right say. and i'm not saying that it's i'm not saying that bloodshed is, is good thing or, or a necessary you know uh thing at this time but I'm just saying, who has the right to determine, to say, okay, now is the time? Well, once again, I think that we have to look at the Declaration of Independence because it's clearly laid out there. You know, our founding fathers were brilliant people that we need to begin to start looking at their works again and re-familiarize ourselves 
with these documents. In the Declaration of Independence, it, it says that you cannot start a revolution for light and transient causes. Like just because you lost an election and you don't like the policies the other party is putting into place, you can't just overthrow that government. That's not the way it works. You know, even though Democrats tried to do that with the whole Russian collusion scam. The time that you overthrow the government is when there's absolute despotism, when, when there's absolute desperation, when the government is exerting absolute tyranny over us. We are not at that level yet. I'm not saying we're not going to get there sooner or later, just from historical standards. No government goes on forever. Sooner or later, we'll probably get to that point, whether it's a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 100 years from now, we will be at that point sooner or later. But it, it has to be that we're facing a tyrannical abuse of power from the government. We have not yet witnessed that. Okay. So as of right now, the Republicans and conservatives' best path forward is to start expanding the base. And we're on the path of doing that. And then Wednesday, they should have listened to my podcast episode last Monday because they would have known that overturning the election wasn't possible. But in any event, we got to start from the ground up local level that's where it starts and, and here's the thing the local government affects your life more than most things the federal government will do the local government's going to affect your life more start taking do it the way democrats did the way democrats rose to power is they infiltrated all aspects of government life they local level they ran for the da's they ran for the attorney generals they got in the school boards controlled the textbooks they they got on the board of elections they're the ones that take civil service exams and staff a lot of their positions. Well, take a page out of their playbook and start doing the same thing. And then you got to discredit them. We got to stop playing defense on everything. You're a racist. No, I'm not a racist. Well, that's what a racist would say. Only a racist says they're not a racist. And we end up getting into these, you know, back and forths about how you're not a racist, but no. Just don't even engage. The second someone calls you a racist, guess what? You're never changing that person's mind. So don't even sit there and try and placate them. And if you do want to placate that, them, then point out, well, how come all the woke rich liberals are the ones that are doing all this racial bias training? How come they own the companies? They're making all this money off of the backs of black people. How come black people don't own those companies? And put them on the spot and call them the racist. We got to start playing offense as opposed to defense. We're constantly defending capitalism. <laughs> Why do we have to defend capitalism? It's got a pretty damn good track record. Let them defend socialism. Let them defend it. Let them tell us why it's going to be different from Venezuela or Cuba or North Korea or China. Tell us why it's going to be different. Instead, we're sitting there like, and we make it as if we have to defend capitalism. No, capitalism has its defects that we have to fix. It's not a perfect system, but at the same time, it's a hell of a lot better than socialism. So we need to go more offensive in, in as far as rhetorical. If I'm advising Republicans that are going on MSNBC and CNN and everything, call out the anchors live on air for the biases. Yeah, you'll never be invited back, but so what? Who cares? Call them out for their biases. Ron Johnson, uh, Senator Johnson went after Chuck Todd last Sunday not this Sunday that just passed, the Sunday before that, about the election fraud, that there are serious questions about it. And Chuck Todd started laughing and saying, yeah, like UFO conspiracies. And Senator Johnson laid into him. That's what Republicans need to start pushing back against these anchors. Because right now, the left has this stranglehold on the narrative. And you have to break it. Because if you start to show ordinary people that watch these programs that it's all a bunch of lies, they'll start opening their eyes. So Republicans need to definitely become more offensive in their posture. I agree. It becomes the cycle of force. It's not, okay, we go from, listen, they're, they're talking smack about us to us bashing their head in. It's, you have to, it's, this is what's, what's coming. We have to take the next step. And then it, uh, that on top of that and on top of that, if the government starts going in the streets and dragging people out of their homes and gunning them down in the streets, then yes, we need an armed revolution. But the fact that we have election issues is not is not it's not the time. It really isn't. And you know I'm when the time will be when it is time, when when it is time, I will be the first person to say that it's time. It's 100 percent not the time when we're doing a broadcast and all of a sudden they kick in our doors and they ship us off to the gulag. Start the revolution, people. That's yeah, when you start right, the revolution. 
But seriously, uh, you know, that, that's what it is. And Republicans have to stop with the idea that they want to be liked by the media, that they want to get good coverage from the media. You know, uh, Romney, Senator Romney, who I cannot stand, I think he's a snake, but Senator Romney is someone that was called a racist in 2012. McCain was called a racist in 2008. I mean, the Democrat playbook is not really like this new style of playbook that they're, they're using. It's still the old style tactics. They're just using it to the 10th degree. And now they have the big tech giants behind them. But we got to stop as Republicans wanting to be well-liked by the media, wanting to get good coverage by the media. You're not going to do it. So you have to go around the media. Mm-hmm. I agree. Appropriate. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll, I think that's a good place to stop, Professor Giordano. Why don't you tell people where they can find out more about you, more about the PS report online, before we stop? Well, as of right now, the PAS report is still available. It hasn't been censored yet, so I I am still on Twitter at PAS report. I am still on Facebook, and the PAS report can be found in any podcast uh, platform. Or you could just go to pasreport.com and go right there and you'll have access to everything. Gabe, your seven handles. All right. So uh, when Parlor gets back online and on Facebook, you can type in the Baron Montalvo and you'll find me there. Uh, you could also go uh, on my Instagram, Baron.Montalvo and Twitter, Baron underscore uh, Montalvo. All right, guys. And make sure you follow us on Facebook. We're still on there. Uh, I know it's hard to find our stuff, but just visit the page every day, Empire State Conservatives. On Twitter, still somehow, Empire State Cons. Instagram is definitely about to be taken down, but for now, we're still on there at underscore, em underscore Empire State Conservatives. And again, once Parlor comes up, Empire State Conservatives, YouTube, Empire State Conservative Network. And as always, our website, EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com, with links to everything. So for that, everybody, please stay safe, stay at home, and don't let fear take your freedom. Mm -hmm.